straight efficiency with Nackfee's Mike Roth and Friends. Here in episode 79, we're joined by Brady Matoyan. He's the CEO of OK Produce, where we talk about being on the cutting edge of reducing emissions, his lifelong concern for the environment, and passion around sustainability. He provides us insight into OK Produce's move to electric trucks, the connection between the products they deliver and the best way to move them. He also says that while it hasn't been easy or cheap to operate sustainably, it has been worth it. Today we have joining us Brady Matoyan. He's the CEO of OK Produce. Really excited to talk to you today, Brady. It's uh, it's been fun getting to know you. Tell me, do you remember how we uh, how we met and um, you know who introduced us and how we became friends? Uh, yeah, so uh, that's a good question. I have, to, I have to jog my memory a little bit, but not too much. But the fun part about it is, I think this this business of I don't know if it's a business, but this movement mission of trying to make trucks more efficient, trying to be more sustainable is so interconnected. And what's been really fun is it's kind of, there's a, you've said it a few different times. There's a group of people who are kind of on board and those that are not, and some, some are doubters and some just are against it. And, but it's really fun to be in an environment in life now, both personally and professionally, where you start meeting people who are forward thinking about the environment, forward thinking about progress, and some of those are very unique, right? They're very unique little technologies that people are trying just to try to crack the nut of making these trucks more efficient and have a lesser impact. And and one of those was the team at, you know, at Truck Wings, Daniel Burr's at Truck Wings, and who I met through a high school friend who is on their board and thought we would get along. And of course we did because just they and their team are so like-minded. And I was all excited about just getting to know them. And kind of a year went by because we were trying to install some of their truck wings on our trucks. And and then they said, hey, I know this other, uh, I know Mike and what they're doing, you should get to know them. And in the process, we obviously we get to know each other. And secondly, we did move forward on installing some of these truck wings that we're right now in testing on. So it's just kind of cool how everything is teaming together for the same mission. And that's how we connected. Yeah. You know, Dan was on my uh, uh, podcast, uh, I don't know, maybe a year ago. And I reminded him that, you know, when he and I first met and he was telling me he's working on the gap between the tractor and a trailer, I said, I said, uh, I remember saying to him, Dan, you sound like a good guy who's a smart guy. <laughs> and I said, you know, that's been tried before. Uh, I'm not sure that's the best place to work in. And he proved me wrong with these truck wings. I mean, they're they're not for everyone, but where there's yeah. a need, there's where there's a need for a pretty big high, where there's a need for a big gap between the tractor and trailer at low speeds around yards and so forth. Um, and then you get some highway miles where you, you really want that gap really short. His product and that, that product truck wings can get that done by closing that gap and saving a lot of fuel and, um, uh, you know, where it automatically deploys and, and, and stows. So, um, yeah, I do remember he, so we were talking, he and I were talking literally about, you know, what fleets are out there. And in this case, not only working on total efficiency, you know, a tractor trailer and diesel or whatever, but also on electric trucks. And he said, you know, that you were, you were starting. So yeah, that's how, that is how exactly how we met. And, uh, you know, I, I do think we're at this place where, um, you know, dealing with sustainability and, and moving goods is uh, not, uh, 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 you know, not any more like I like to do or something we try to do, but it's a, it's going to become a must with regulations and demands around sustainability. Absolutely. And yeah, feel, it feel like that to you. Yeah. I mean, it always has felt, well, it's, yeah, it's funny. It's always been a want for me, right. And you know, my story and what we do and, and where we're at, it's always been a want for me. And, and it's just been so frustrating because, 
to want to do something so badly and absolutely have no ability to do it and literally trying like obscure technologies and my and daniel's is a little bit of a niche stretch concept but there's a lot of them through the years we, we, we tried when we first kind of had this realization about these trucks and the impact and fuel and emissions and air pollution and all this but it's just amazing to be like so wanting to do it and so we're in this cutting edge of trying to want to do it so badly because we just don't want that that truck to impact the environment like it does and trying really funny things like super single tires and side skirts and aerodynamics and you know just everything we, you know that we they would come up with i try anything you know, if truck wings were around 20 years ago, I would have tried them 20 years ago. Um, and just most of them, the impact is just so minimal compared to, uh, you know, what's ha what's happening today. So, yeah, there's been this huge want thing. And then now it's like, whoa, suddenly it's there's, you know, in an amazing amount of timing as we are literally getting our first trucks while the mandates are going live and half the world's going crazy because they're so frustrated about the another mandate. And that's I hear that so often. There's another mandate and they're trying to control us. And I'm kind of going, yay, in a weird way. And I hate to say that to those that might disagree, but in my mind, I'm like, okay, if that's what it took to get to this point and to get technology going and to get people willing, great. Where we three years ago, you know, made our first purchase order on electric trucks. So it's interesting to see who's on the spectrum of the mandates, but it's definitely something now people just, they can't avoid, they're not going to avoid. And whatever happens nationally could be one thing, but, you know, California has been trying to lead for many, many years. And I just don't yeah. foresee it for you know, the Christian backing I, off. Yeah. I like, I like to, you know, use analogies and, you know, the baseball one comes to mind. I mean, we need to have the, you know, the, uh, you know, I grew up with the Cincinnati Reds and the national league, it was, you know, bunts and steals and, and, you know, <laughs> hit the opposite field and all that sort of thing where the American leagues hit the home runs. I, I do think, um, well, we need them both. I mean, we need the yeah. efficiency technologies and so forth, but these electric trucks, and we're going to get into that here in a few minutes, but these electric trucks for me are kind of like hitting a home run. I mean, they are exactly, uh, you know, they are zero emission and they're quiet and they come with so many benefits. Now, you know, there are definitely like challenges and, and we'll get into that, you know, as well, but let's, let's just start back. Um, tell me about OK Produce and our audience, uh, you know, how the, the company formed, what it yeah. does and, um, you know, why, why you're, uh, why you're passionate now about this. So just walk us through the company and yourself. I will. So, and so, okay, produce is a wholesale produce company. My grandfather started the company in 1950. He uh, started a company in the 1930s. That was actually a small single truck operation going out to Kalinga for those who know the city of Kalinga. Uh, my father started working here as a kid. I think the legend is he started age 12 fixing lettuce boxes right after college came on board and took over the company. Um, and then my brother, uh, started in 1998. I started in 2000 and family business is unique. And that's for sure. And each one of the generations has tried to make a mark. And we all have done that in different ways. But for me, being the youngest of the whole family, coming in with the older brother, um, very capable, uh, you know, awesome partner for me. But um, I came in with a very different angle. And for me, um, the environmental thing has been something I grew up with as a kid that I've always been very interested in and, and committed to. And and always wanted to make an impact, but, you know, doing it yourself and telling your friends to not run the water when they brush their teeth is one thing. Coming to a place like OK Produce where you've got, at the time, you know, we had 20, 30 trucks at the time, um, or 30 or 40 trucks at the time in a building, uh, is a very big thing, a, a very different thing. And so for me, it was always, OK, wow, 
I'm going to come back to the family business, but how am I going to, how am I going to do it or have my mark my way? And my way at the very early, early stages, like in 2000, 2001, was to start our sustainability program. And we started that with uh, one of the biggest uh, solar um, projects that we ever had. Well, that, that was actually done at the time. Um, and it wasn't big by today's standards, but by the time it was the biggest in the Western 13 states, someone told me. Um, so that's just become what we do. We sell fruits and vegetables. It's a healthy uh, product. It's a mother nature product. I mean, we don't have that without the amazing um, um, kind of miracle of mother nature creating this fruit. If you think about how amazing that is, it's really kind of a strange, cool concept. And so it just connected that here we are having this uh, very you know, delicious, nutritious product and we're delivering it in unfortunately, the only thing option we have, which was trucks that polluted. And um, and overall, as an impact, our mentality was if we've got the benefits of Mother Nature, we got to do everything we possibly can to lower our impact on Mother Nature at the same time. You know, I got to believe that, um, you know, in the business of fruits and vegetables, uh, the the that world, whether mm -hmm. it's the grocery stores, the producers or others, I mean, it's it's one that's been selling health and well-being forever right when you compare it to, to other choice other choices we can make on the other hand the trucking industry you know um you know i i love the trucking industry we, we we've handled incredible challenges in the past but um you know being maybe sustainable or you know the industry sort of responded to get me my freight as fast as possible to this location as cheap as possible and you know that's that's always been around you know diesel's been a great fuel to do that yeah um but but you know it, it you know in the early days it was black smoke we kind of fixed <laughs> that with some knocks and particulate matter yep. pro programs and now we're more efficient but but just Maybe go back 20 years or more and compare and contrast your world back then of highly green, healthy produce with these with the trucks. And when you when you talk transportation versus uh, distributing the goods, am, am I kind of right? There were two different worlds there or am so, I being uh, too uh, harsh? Absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I literally told that story to you and others that in 2000, I was out there when the sun's going down and I heard and all these trucks were in the parking lot, all the reefers were running and the, most of the trucks were running and there was just a total disregard for it. But the thing about it is like the smell was just, to me, it was just, it was shocking. I mean, we've all smelled the car, we've all smelled the truck, but that day, I remember where I was standing, was a eye-opening moment that there was like, wow, this is a serious cloud of emissions coming out of this little bunch of trucks. Um, no doubt about that. And there wasn't really much talk about it. Fuel was not expensive. I mean, it wasn't like it was four or $5. There was just not this major conversation how we distributed, how we picked up. We had trucks going empty from here to Coachella. You know where Coachella is from Fresno? Here to Salinas, here to all over the place, empty to just go pick up product and bring it back. And there was just not really a conversation about the thought of that these trucks are burning fuel and they're burning dirty um, for sure. And that was very, very early. So it, it was kind of like this thing where, you know, I think it, for a lot of the thought might be or one is not even a thought about it it just didn't even like cross our mind that this is a major problem but i think maybe also the thought of maybe you're selling produce or healthy food so the thought of how you deliver that maybe not so big a deal you know i mean the product's way better for you than i don't know beer or liquor or tobacco or you know chips or whatever it may be or just junk food so therefore, how you do it might not be important. But for me, it was like the exact opposite. And it's like, okay, well, that's kind of crazy because we we absolutely um, need to make that impact. So yeah, back then, very old trucks, my gas mileage was not great. Emissions were crazy. Fresno, 
the Central Valley was an incredibly bad air basin. It's still incredibly bad, but back then it was really, really bad, like shockingly bad. Um, so I just think there wasn't a major regard. You know, trucks out in the fields, they had a lot of exemptions, I think, where it's like, look, they, they're expensive to get new trucks and expensive to get technology. So uh, getting produce to the stores at the best price is just yeah. clearly a, the, so, the, the, the mentality. Right, right. So over the next couple of decades, I mean, I got it, it sounds logical uh that you know that as you started saying okay let's put you know solar panels on the roof for this um ginormous refrigerator of a warehouse yeah, yeah i mean you know I, I was just with you about a month ago when we filmed the run on less uh, uh visit and just such an such an interesting place but um uh so has this been hard or easy i mean maybe <laughs> maybe the fact maybe the fact that you you know you have this insight from both your personal mission as well as the fruits and vegetables you're in california that that has a you know a head start with respect to you know some regulations and and you know really under you know california has understood the need for cleaner air and so forth because of some you know huge challenges that you were unique to but um uh would would you call it hard or easy while the rest of the world maybe caught up with some or the technologies even came yeah, being being early for any technology is is hard. I mean, you know, the solar we bought these were panels that were 100 pounds a piece. You can imagine that weight. It's hard to even believe in my mind. Um, they were 100 watts. Today, those are one fifth, one fifth or one sixth the weight, and they're 500 watt, 450 to 500 watts. So, when you're buying early technology that's unproven, even up until today, we can talk. We'll talk about that today with the trucks that we have even today. It definitely is challenging because it's so easy to buy tried and true technology that works. You can buy a light bulb that works perfectly well and takes five times the energy. And the first LEDs we bought 15 years ago were literally dim lighting like you were in a cozy restaurant. And um, today, clearly, they are very different from that. Uh, yeah. So it's it's hard. It's definitely hard. It's it's ex it's expensive. You, you have some frustrations. But there are have always been rebates and there always has been support for those that are early adopters and trying things. So I think we didn't have like the, per we didn't have the personal connection and feel uh, it would, it would have seemed and it probably was actually risky. And I think even now, like what we're doing is risky. I mean, having redundancy and having these things work is risky, but it's a matter of risk reward. And for, for me personally, being engaged in my job and coming to work and being proud of what we do and our team being proud of what we do, it's always been worth that risk, but it's, it's by no means been easy. Yeah. um or or cheat to do um but but i also will say that it's 100 been worth it because everything has gotten better so well because of early adopters and then other adopters and more adopters and yeah then so it's so gotten better way, and better right so the way we view that is and, and i think okay produce and let's talk about your trucks and your duty cycles and why this fits i think that for you know the the new technology and so here let's talk about a, a electric truck with 200 250 mile range that you can recharge in you know four or five hours yep. that's where we're at today now Correct. you know five years ago five years from now we may talk about these newer trucks like you just talked about the the lights you know Absolutely. that they've gotten so much better we're up to twice the range half the weight i don't know we'll see where it all goes but um, for right now, a company like yours, um, who can, you know, can can implement a 200 mile truck into the operations and make it work for some of your loads while you're learning and getting through these, um, you know, these uh, uh, tough, tough, uh, that, that was my takeaway from when I visited. But how, how are you making these trucks work today? Absolutely. How many, how many yeah. trucks do you have in total? How many yep. electric trucks and what kind of charging? 
so we've got 10, uh, 10 of the Freightliner E-Cascadias right now on site and three orange EVs with an additional seven Volvo of their um, new version of Trek coming in September slash October, we, we hope, we think. Um, and yes, they have they do charge, uh, depending on how we can plug it, you know, the way our charger setup is, but three to five hours. So for us in California, Peak Energy, we do plug them in at 9 p.m., almost on the dot, 9.05, 9.10, and they're charged and ready. And those trucks are leaving at, you know, three, four in the morning. And we start off day one looking at these things, all right, maiden voyage, just get out there and go to Fresno. And it's in Fresno. So we started these small runs. We started actually running out to the growing regions, low risk, because we don't get to the growing region out in Fowler or, you know, Orange Cove and picking up oranges and peaches and things like that. Then it's okay because we would just send another truck to, to grab them. So like each route we tested just got further and further an hour a few months and the sketch a little further out a little more of a stretch a few more stops and now we're at a point where you know i walk in every day and mike you saw where the, the chargers they're literally at our front door so i get this really awesome for me personally but for our whole team i get this great morning moment where i if i show up and there's nine trucks parked there well we got a problem uh something's not going right and but when i show up today i generally see one or two yeah. which means eight you know, seven, eight, nine are on the road that day. And I just have in my mind a visual of where they're going. It's Fresno, 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 Madeira, Kalinga, Visalia, Oakhurst, um, Merced. And we just got ourselves up into Stockton. We did our first run to Stockton. If you know California well, uh, Stockton's north. That's a, that's a bit of a stretch. And we got up there. We got halfway home. We stopped into Turlock, picked up a 20, 30-minute charge, got home with 20%. And, you know, if I was there, I would have probably had a champagne bottle and cracked it on the front of the hood. Probably wouldn't have cracked it on the go. hood. Yeah. And, and it was like, that was like that stretch where we're going to stretch it out there. And um, the nervous part about it, if it doesn't make it there, well, we don't make delivery to our store. So we're starting to eke our neck out, you know, like a turtle a little bit here to see if we can stretch. And we're coming up with some very creative ideas and solutions that we would have never done if we just said, it'll never work. Must, yeah, and you know, must use diesel. And... Right. I, re I remember talking to your brother when I was out there and, and, you know, one of the things that really struck me is how, you know, it, in, in all of trucking, we consider the freight, you know, um, you know, must get there on time and so forth. When you're talking about perishable items like fruits yeah. and vegetables, I mean, your whole business relies on incredible commitment to getting the product there to those grocery stores. Or when you say you're going to be there and so forth. So, you know, you're in, an, you're testing this and making this work in an environment where you literally can't fail on deliveries, right? Cannot fail. And, and, you know, so it's funny if you guys, if anyone shops, you'll know this now, you might not think it before, but you'll know it now. When you go shop and you walk into produce, it's this weird thing through the years we've created as, as a, as a world where if you walk in a person, you see no bananas or even holes or where it looks like it's maybe even shopped or they're on add-on strawberries and they're low, it's this weird thing where people go, wow, man, something's really messed up in the store. You know, they must really be in trouble or, or they're not fresh or, or whatever it may be. But if you go a little further and you check out the canned food section or the beer section or somewhere else, and there's holes throughout there, there's just not the same reaction, but there's this mentality of fronting all the shelves on everything and filling all the shelves and pile it high and let it fly and all these funny things in produce that's out there. So A, you got to see it full because that's just what people, they want to see fresh and full. I mean, that's just the mentality about a pro department. But stores can't 
hold our product like they can a pallet of beer or a pallet of canned food or even frozen meat or anything like that. So they're waiting on that truck at the back door and produce people are notorious early risers. I mean, my dad was a 3 a.m. every day, go to work my entire lifetime kind of guy. And the business is a morning early bird type of thing. And so all these produce team members are at the back door waiting for that load early because they don't have product. They don't have back stock. So yeah, it well, does make it ultra important that we're on time and, and, and yeah, yeah, one consistent. more thing I wanted one more thing I wanted to bring up with you around the trucks and the routes is something that Bob on your team was telling me. And mm -hmm. that is that uh, when you started adding uh, stops to some of these routes, you were surprised. Bob was surprised how well the electric truck handled it. And as we talked about it, you know, a diesel truck hates, you know, diesels are like racehorses. They like to get on the freeway and run <laughs> at 60 mile an hour all damn day. Yeah. The, uh, what diesels don't like is the, the start and stop and the, you know, yeah. and, and the, uh, the, the, and when Bob was telling me that you were kind of surprised at how well these trucks did on, um, battery state of charge when they added those stops. And you know, of course that's regenerative braking. That's some of what yeah. these trucks offer. So, um, uh, I'm sure you were talking to him about that. I mean, th th that's where these trucks do better than diesel. And um, that might help us as we they, try to get more routes. Absolutely. They, they, they do great. I mean, I bought the, it's funny. I was told by the Toyota guy, I bought the first Prius sold in Fresno many, many years ago. And I, I got a kick out of it early on because I just read the manual and said, well, how does this thing work? And it's like, no, you don't speed to stop signs. I mean, you can look ahead and make a game of it and try never to touch the brake and just and, and let your car or, you know, and you can get braking that way too. But being smart about how you're driving kind of cracks me up because everybody, no matter what car you should have, should be thinking about looking ahead and, and accelerating consistently. But when you're in an electric, yeah, I mean, when you're looking ahead and you're going to the stop sign, you're actually gaining power. Um, if you're driving it smart, we have one driver who's really, he's a trainer and he's su super cool. Uh, and he decides I'm not going to drive with air conditioning because I want to, I want to really see what I can do to extend that range. And he legitimately did. Um, and the drivers absolutely love it. I mean, it's such a better experience than hitting the gas and you hear this, you know, all day long and the roar of the pistons firing. These guys are driving these trucks like, you know, purring like a kitten. And they definitely are learning every day ideal routes for those things yeah. so yeah we're, we're finding some really cool ways that the range is and i don't say you can extend yeah you can extend it but you, you definitely can, can extend yeah. it or preserve it if you're very smart about how you go about what you're doing yeah and you know the the <laughs> there's too many places i go where they say electric trucks you know people drive their electric cars crazy you know they're they're they're, they're like little rockets on wheels yeah. they're wearing out tires well that's not trucking no we just won't no. do that you know no. and there's some truckers that will but we won't do that we're, we're too into safety and and efficiency and time and so forth so i just think these the benefits of these trucks are going to match um overall how how trucking wants to operate and, it, and it's going to get better tell us about um so you've got somewhere around 100 110 trucks i think in your network and then yep. um you got seven ten now seven more coming i mean how, how fast do you think you'll be able to do this i mean what, what's next for the electric trucks and charging for okay you know, it, 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 we have in our team, we put together, we have varying degrees of excitement and energy. And that's what makes a great decision happen, right? We have a management team. It's really, it's 
Bob, director of transportation, my CFO, who's not your normal CFO. She definitely is helping financial, but she's also driving a Tesla. So she's got a mindset to understand what I've been trying to do. Uh, and our general manager and Abraham and our, and you met all of them. And, but that team was very varying degrees of, of, of input to make this happen. Um, and so it was interesting as, as we chiseled the idea, like this, this, this idea that seemed like a piece of coal maybe at the start and very scary, and we chiseled it and chiseled it and chiseled it to make it shine. Um, and suddenly we all became converts, but not crazy. We all became like, okay, let's find a way to make this possible and go through all those interesting scenarios. Um, so for us, it's gone from, we can only do five. Well, we can do 10. In my mind, I want to do them all, right? But I'm also not crazy. I'm running a business that's important. Um, we're not going to do something that's going to put us in trouble with our customers. But that counterbalanced with maybe more of a conservative approach from others. And now we're looking at this thing, though, but that approach is like legitimately this, the, the solutions we're coming up with says, okay, 17 is not enough. We can do, if we can do this, like have a secondary charge in two specific spots, we have three, Bakersfield, Sacramento are absolutely ideal. And now suddenly we're doubling up our routes because in those areas, no, we can't go one way, but we can get there and we can possibly transfer trucks to them, which we're currently doing, have a guy locally delivering in those areas. Even that guy can deliver locally if we can take him a truck load. And we're doing that currently. We're doing these transfers in different parts of the state further out but we can do that in these areas so now everyone's like wait a minute 17 is not enough 17 is easy how about 25 how about 30 how about 40 um and we're not doing that because i'm just pulling us into this wacky space we're really saying how do we do this um and how will it be how is it better and there's a lot of ways obviously with our with it, that it is better not just for the environment but for everything else so it's it. We're gonna go. We're gonna go pretty quickly. We're kind of hoping technology goes quickly too, but we know that that's gonna yeah. take time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but our ambition is growing and growing by the day as we gain more confidence. I mean, getting to Stockton. Well, that's three truckloads a day, seven days a week, and that's three dedicated electric trucks that we go to Stockton on this particular stop that we didn't know a week ago we could do, and now we know that's three more trucks. And so that's kind of how we see this as further out doing business differently, looking ahead and doing something that hasn't been done before. Yes, maybe getting an hour opportunity charge, the driver takes a break, does his paperwork, maybe he's loading at a backhaul and he can be dropping his trailer charging. So it's really gotten to the approach where everyone says, you know, how do we do more and not how do we stay in this bubble of 10? And that's what has been fun is, is everybody on our team has been creatively finding ways that we can do more because they believe in it and they believe in the positive effects in all ways. We're going to have to wrap it up there. We always run out of time so fast, but um, you know, Brady and his team will be part of run on less electric depot as we, as we start to go through 2023 and onward and look there for, uh, for more information, if you're interested in what, uh, what you heard here and, you know, I'm uh, curious what it takes to fix a lettuce box. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that another time. I'll tell you, I have one. I'll show you next time I see you, I'll have one. I'll have one of the originals I had from those days. I have one in my office. I'll show you when you come here next. Oh, fantastic. Thanks for being on, Brady. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Mike. Brady Efficiency with NACFI's Mike Rosen Friends.